Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of River City Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Our mission is to awaken people to the transforming presence and power of God's love. To find out more, visit rivercitychurch.com and thanks for listening. We'll start with a verse, then I'm going to pray, share for just a few minutes, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer today. James 5.15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. God, thank you for what you're doing already. Thank you for the worship that was so filled with faith and the testimonies that grew our faith in you. And we pray that you'll be with us over these next few moments as we move into teaching and prayer. Increase our faith, Lord, in your name. Amen. So as you may know, in certain segments of rural America, uh, there are churches that exist that can get a little bit off base when it comes to things like faith. They can take verses a little or a lot out of context and uh, use them in a way that is not helpful and is ultimately harmful. So sadly, a pastor in Kentucky, it was sent to me this week, who was leading a church that practiced snake handling, died. I will give you three guesses how. Okay. Now, that's sad and not the most uh, appropriate thing to joke about, I'm sure, but the odds of how he was going to die handling these poisonous snakes were high, right? We, if you were going to put your money on how he was going to go out, it would have been snake bite, okay? So there was this idea of hype that was replacing faith, and if we can just do extra crazy risk um, over-the-top things, then maybe that's faith, and maybe that shows us that God's going to come through. And sometimes we see things like that, and we go, I just don't know that I can ascribe to that, this whole idea of faith. Maybe you've watched a televangelist talk about faith, and if you just give he or she all your money, great things will happen, and uh, you just go, man, I can't play that game anymore. So this whole idea, when you hear the word faith, it just sort of turns you off. Well, we just had an amazing experience in here, and uh, that's regular. If you're new here, we have these moments where God sort of shows up, and we sense His presence, and things start to happen, and people start to share, and it's really cool. I've had some of the most amazing things happen to me in this space during worship, things that I've felt like God has spoken to me over the years, uh, which is over three years now. And about 18 months ago, um, I was standing right there where I normally uh, stand, where I normally worship. And I had a message prepared, and I was ready to go, all right? I usually come in kind of ready to go, and I was, I was ready to roll, okay? And I really just sensed that this word faith just kept like, boom, popping into my mind, faith, faith. And I was asking around, I was like, does anybody else feel like God's saying anything about faith? And I ended up telling Jocelyn, and she started praying with me, and we started thinking maybe this isn't just something God's trying to tell me, this is something that is for us. And I did something that is very unlike Jared, at least at that time, and I walked up here, sort of blank slate, opened up the scriptures to Hebrews, where it talks about faith, and we just shared about faith that Sunday, and then that led into about five Sundays of just talking about faith. Well, I've reflected on that, it's sort of become a life theme for me since then, but 
the more I've reflected on that, I've realized that this was a part of my story uh, for my whole life. Um, my, my dad's a pastor, so he and I don't get to see each other on Sundays a lot because we're doing the same thing right now. But uh, every Sunday of my life, uh, the church that I grew up in would pray for people. And every Sunday of my life, the church that I grew up in, my dad would read that verse. Never, never veered away, never said, hey, let's read a different verse. He read that verse from James my entire life. So the liturgy of my Sunday morning experience, if you will, the rhythm of my Sunday morning experience, when I hear the verse, uh, uh, pray, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. When I hear that, I literally hear that in my dad's voice, okay? Maybe you have the, a Bible app, you hear James Earl Jones's voice or something, all right? Ben, your voice would be great. I would love to have that, all right? <laughs> But I hear my dad's voice for this particular verse because I've heard him read it so many times with confidence and faith for what God is going to do. It's hard to pray with faith. Like for all the reasons I, I said, like maybe you are a little jaded to the whole idea. Maybe there's been some disappointment attached to faith for you. But I'd like to talk about some ways that we have a tendency to pray, especially when we're worried or concerned or something's pressing. I think we have these defaults that we can go to. And I want to unpack those, maybe dig those up first, dig those roots out of the ground first so that we can acknowledge them and see them so that we know what it looks like to turn from those before we call each other into praying with faith. So the first is this. Instead of the prayer of faith, I think we can find ourselves in the prayer of fear. Okay? prayer of fear. The one thing about fear is that it always leads to a tendency to control. So if you're operating out of fear, you will try to control your circumstances through God, okay? This is when we're, we tend towards using God to get what we want. It might not even be that what we want is necessarily a bad thing, but we say things like, God, never let this happen. Always let this happen. Make sure that this doesn't happen. Depending on how you were raised or what stream of Christianity you grew up in, you may be a little more superstitious through penance or whatever it might be. And if I don't say these things exactly right, then this thing could happen. Maybe depending on what your roots were in Christianity, you have this fear that like everything's not going to be perfect and right when Jesus returns. So you live under this like, I've got to be super anal retentive about the way that I'm praying all the time to make sure that nothing bad ever happens. And you're just operating from fear. If anything bad happens, you immediately blame yourself. And it's just a kind of a prison of fear, and when we approach God, if we approach Him in fear, we will try to control Him. Okay? The second one can be close, but I don't think they're exactly the same thing, and that's the prayer of comfort. Okay? The prayer of comfort. I had someone tell me one time that they were afraid to say, God, listen, just whatever you want for my life. Okay? God, just, you just, anything. You know that song we sing, just put me anywhere, right? Like, I'll do anything. They were so scared that that was immediately going to mean God was going to send them to Africa. Like, they thought, if I tell God I'll do anything, he'll be like, no one ever says that. So because you did, boom, here's your ticket, third world, right now, right? So they just, they, they, they couldn't go there because they were like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to completely trust my life over to God. I don't want to lose my comforts. Maybe you have some... Uh, uh, Maybe you're asking God to keep things good, don't, you know, keep things even keel, right? It's scary for you to pray, your will be done, okay? The next one would be this, instead of the prayer of faith, the prayer of acquiescence, okay? 
How many of you ever prayed? I'm, I'm guilty of this. I still have to watch myself on this one. God, we're just praying this right now. And if it be your will, okay, if it be your will. We have a tendency in the moment that doubt rises up. And listen, there's nothing wrong with if it be your will, right? But we have a tendency when doubt rises up to go, God, we just want to make sure that we know that, 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 that you know that we know that you have a will and that we want to just put the disclaimer out there that we're really asking you for this. But if it be your will, then we want it to happen. And I think that God's fine with that. He's not angry with you if you do that. He's not angry with me when I do that. But I think he's like, I know I have a will. Okay? You exist because of it. I'm redeeming the world through it. I created everything through the words of my mouth. And I know I have a will. But I've called you to interact with me. Um, we pray things like, uh, which is a, we don't think about it, it's like a privilege in this country, but we pray things like, guide the doctor's hands, okay? I pray that, like, seriously. If anyone asks me to pray like they're going into surgery or they're having a procedure done, I pray that, and I've heard stories come out of that room, okay? So that's all good, and that's great. But that's also a layer that we have in this country that some parts of the world and most of the history of the world didn't really have, okay? So we can look through the lens of that layer, and we can just go, well, I'm not really going to ask God to... Doing, I'm, I'm not really going to pray that he does something. I'm just going to pray for the doctors and just pray that the modern medicine, which God gave us the ingenuity to come up with that, not a bad thing. Don't hear what I'm not saying, right? But I'm just going to pray that modern ingenuity and medicine and research and all that is going to solve this problem because I don't really want to take the, the risk or take the leap of putting it all on him. Some Christian circles, or Christians in general, we can, we can find ourselves having a relationship with our theology about God. Okay? Like your relationship is with your belief system. Okay? So you tend to pray like, God, because of your great sovereign goodness when you created the world and set things in order. And it's like, that's, that's great. That's great. Acknowledge who he is. Keep your mind right. Keep your heart right on who he is and what he's done and his role and your role. But we have to be willing to push through that and cry out to him relationally. You have to remember that this deep being that we're trying to comprehend manifested here as a man, was born into this earth as a person so that it could be relational, so that we could understand, so that he could understand us and all of our suffering and what we deal with and so that we could see him as relatable and see his character displayed through humanity. And then he said a spirit to live into, live in us. So we have this relationship with him, God with us and Jesus God in us through the spirit. So we can push through what we just know about him because that's a, sometimes for some of you that can become red tape. Like, I don't know if I can pray. Like, I don't, and, and you read the Psalms and yeah, that's why the Psalms are so helpful for me is they're just these desperate cries. They're relational. They're like, God, please deliver me. Help me. I'm surrounded. Come through. Make this happen. Like, if, if, if you don't come through, I don't know what I'm going to do. Why is this taking so long? Like, real, relational, guttural prayers that push through the red tape. Okay? And then there's the prayer of fame and fortune. And this is another way that we can use God. God, I just pray that um, you make me famous so that I can spread your news. God, just give me more than I can handle at 19 so that I can 
be your representative and solve all the problems in the world, right? God, just make me rich so I can be generous. If I had all the money in the world, Lord, I'd give away a lot of it. That's a little unfair dichotomies there, but that's a prayer that's very us-centered. And we have to be careful because God's scriptures and God's spirit and wisdom will challenge our ambitions and our selfish desires. And part of entering into prayer is allowing God to do that. It's, it's giving that space for him to have a say-so over our life. So praying really big things over yourself is not always the same thing as praying with faith, okay? And then the last would be the prayer of hype, which would be like our... Um, our, our snake handler friends. The prayer of hype. If we can just work ourselves into a frenzy and just emotionally go for it and just believe, 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 believe and just chant, 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 chant. If we say it enough times and this and this and this, then it'll happen. Or if I can get myself into this unreal mindset that God will do exactly what I want him to do, exactly what I want him to do it, if I take the biggest risk possible. And, you know, John Wimber, who's a guy that we learn a lot from in this church, uh, I think it was him that originally said faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And I agree with that. If John was alive, I would never disagree with him. But uh, <laughs> since he's not with us anymore, I just want to caveat it just a little bit, okay? And the caveat with that is when you, a lot of times we look at the Old Testament or the New Testament, we go, look at these unbelievable Steps of faith, these unbelievable risks that these people took, and we forget to say God told them to. So just doing something crazy isn't necessarily faith. It's discerning whether or not it's what God's calling you into. And usually what he calls us into, we don't really want to do, which is the thread that you see in the scriptures, right? Okay, so we have to be wary of hype. Um. And then just to revisit, some of you have experienced disappointment. I want you to know that I'm not, uh, I'm not tone deaf to that. So next week, we're actually going to devote an entire teaching to unanswered prayer. What's a framework for that? How, can, how do we handle that? How do we process that? Because I want to acknowledge that that's real. Some of you are bowing in for things still that you've been praying for for a long time. Some of you have suffered great. Uh, disappointment and sorrow from things that you've prayed for that you did not get the answer you were asking for. And some of you have given up on praying for things because God hasn't come through yet and you can't continue, you just don't feel like you can continue to put yourself out there. So with all that said, is living and praying with faith unreasonable and or ill-advised? Like, is it just a bad idea? to even try to go there, okay? Bill Johnson said this, faith is not unreasonable. It is superior reason because it moves with the mind of Christ, okay? Faith is not unreasonable. It is superior reason because it moves with the mind of Christ. Living and praying with faith is not logical or reasonable if you're thinking through things with unrenewed minds, and unrenewed hearts, okay? 
Real faith is engaging with a different realm. When we cry out in faith, we're asking, we're not asking the natural ways of the world to come through for us. When we're crying out in faith, we're not crying out to the temporal. We're not crying out to the natural. We're calling out to a different realm altogether. We're calling out to the supernatural. We're saying, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. N.T. Wright wrote, I'm going to read this one slowly so that we can track with it. Heaven and earth meet when? In the spirit, someone calls on the name of the Lord. And it means what it means. And it does what it does. Because God's new time has broken into the continuing time of this sad old world. So that the person praying stands with one foot in the place of trouble, sickness, and sin. And with the other foot in the place of healing, forgiveness, and hope. Prayer then brings the latter to bear on the former. Okay? It brings the latter to bear on the former. When you pray with faith, that's what you're calling in. You're calling the kingdom to come into the temporal. You're calling the supernatural to invade the natural. I waste all this time talking. All I got to do is read an N.T. Wright quote. All right. (laughs) When we pray with faith, we're operating in the eternal. We're calling on the kingdom. So let's read this whole passage here in James. This is Jesus' half-brother, okay? My brother knows me. Like, if I claim to be the son of God, he'd be like, nope. (laughs) Definitely 1,000%. You are not, okay? So this is somebody who would have kind of grown up around him. So if anybody's going to have faith in what he can do and it be legitimized, it's a sibling. But he's all in, okay? Is Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Inner prayer, outward, inner healing, outward healing. You see, like you see in the overlap here, like this inner holistic, like he's talking about being sick, he's talking about confessing sins, he's talking about healing all in the same thought, inner healing, outward healing. God just wants to do a work. He wants to heal and redeem inwardly and outwardly. The prayer of, uh, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And then this is like, the example that I would have used would have been a lot more tame. Like, I would, I would have stepped it back a few, few steps, okay? I'd be like, hey, this is entry level. I'm trying to help these guys out. I don't want to overwhelm them. But James just swings for the fences. He's like, strike out or home run. Here we go. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. (laughs) 
Elijah's like us. And he prayed a famine in. And then he prayed in a season of harvest. If you need a miracle, do you need a miracle? Anybody? Raise your hand if you need a miracle. Okay. Pray. These are the points, Eric. They're really simple. Need a miracle? Pray. Maybe you're like me. I tend to do other things. Worry. Complain. Talk to other people. Try to disconnect. Do something else with my time. If you need a miracle, pray. If things are going well, sing praise. I love that the testimonies, like this, look, this isn't all easy. Some of this is, is hard, but God's good. I can sing praise. I can testify that he's good. Anybody happy? Anybody cheerful? Anybody in a good season? It's okay. Don't be ashamed of it. Life is about seasons. Anybody in a good season over here? Come on. Be proud. Okay. All right. Good seasons. That's good. Sing to the Lord about that, man. Rejoice. That's good. Okay. That's good. And then the third point, if you're sick, let uh, spiritually mature people pray for you with oil in Jesus' name. Now he says elders of the church, and then he, he comes back to that and he says, for the prayer of a righteous person. So it's more about uh, calling out to people that have biblical character. It's not about holding a title to pray. He's saying you call for them because these are people in the churches that he was writing to. He was saying, I don't know all these churches. I don't know all these people. But you can always start with spiritual leaders because you've acknowledged them to be spiritually mature. Now, it's certainly great to have the elders and leaders of the church pray over you. And we're going to do that in just a minute. But some of you also that are trained to pray, I want you to pray. Some of you that are mature, that are filled with faith, I want you to pray. Unless you need to receive prayer. Okay? And then I want you to receive prayer. And then the last thing he says in the midst of all that is that we want to have this pattern of confession in the midst of all of it. Okay? So we want to confess our, our sins as well. Okay? So we have, this mic's on? I'm just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> ha ha, sin. Ha ha. Ha ha ha, sins. Right? Sorry. Um, it's doing so well. Uh, there needs to be a pattern of confession to him. And if need be, a pattern of confession to each other. Harboring sin leads to all sorts of things. It, it, gives, it gives the enemy something to work with when we stay in the dark, okay? When we're not in the light, okay, not perfect, but just staying in the light, staying in the light, it, it really makes it difficult for the enemy and his minions to wreak havoc on us because we're in the light, okay? So shame and guilt and uh, uh, unforgiveness and those things that he, he, he has really become a master at using to cultivate uh, problems and brokenness in us and between us, uh, we're not giving him those uh, toys to play with because we're in the light, okay? So there's something about healing and being in the light, okay? Now, I believe this morning that, that we're, we're definitely going to pray for physical healing. We're going to anoint you with oil. 
But I also believe that God wants to do some inner healing. And I'm also praying that he wants to restore your faith. Okay? Um, I don't really like to teach about this because I just I feel like it's such a, a, a kind gift that God gave us 18 months ago. And it's really just an, an what I mean by I don't like to teach about it is I mean I don't feel like that does it justice. It's like something that he wants to impart into us. He wants to give us. He wants to raise our faith. And if you read the Gospels, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see Jesus consistently responding to two things. He always responded to need and he always responded to faith. People were hungry. Or someone would come in that nobody else thought had any business talking to Jesus, and he would see their faith, and he would respond. And he, didn't, he never said, like, look at this unbelievable spiritual giant with their faith. A lot of times it would be, who's that person over there? Who touched my, like, well, who was that? Like, their faith, you know. So if you don't feel like your faith is there, you want your faith restored, I'm going to pray that he's going to restore your faith this morning, Okay. So let's stand, and then we're going to move right into prayer. Ed, I have two uh, canisters of oil right there. Diane, if you have your oil, that would be great as well. Okay, she's got it. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and fill us with faith. Fill us with faith. See our need. See our need. I pray against lies. I pray against the enemy and his twisting. Listen, what if God doesn't answer? How desperate are you? Sometimes worrying about the answer is just trivial. Like, do you need something? I can't guarantee you any answers. The scriptures don't guarantee us what we're praying for. But Jesus says, pray. He said it. There is a pain and toil and prayer with the possibility of disappointment. Or there is the wasteland of defeat, apathy, and regret. Both hurt, but one keeps you engaged with God. One keeps you dependent. So God, anybody that's thrown in the towel right now, we're just going to pick it back up. We're going to pick it back up in Jesus' name. Anybody that's thrown it in, we're just going to pick it up in Jesus' name. Little seeds, one little seed this morning. That's what we're going to bring. And Lord, I pray right now that in faith, I pray that you will respond to us and meet with us. Heal us inwardly and outwardly. In your name I pray, amen. So if you'd like to pray uh, with me uh, 
and you're one of our prayer ministers or, or leaders, you can come down. If you need spiritual healing or physical, you know what, inner or physical healing, we're going to make a line right here. Um, and if you want prayer in general and you say, I need to step forward, I, I want to see something restored, a reconnection made, I want to invite you to come down. Okay.